pizza actually sounds really good right now. Pizza you want a stuffed crust? Pizza, pizza Hut with with fancy crust. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Okay, I'll get Pizza Hut. Ooh, you know, oh god, I hope they have it. You know what Pizza Hut has right now? The uh, they have the, the, the Detroit style deep dish. Yes. Yeah. Yes, get that in a thing of stuffed crust, boy. <laughs> What up, mi gente? It's Vero Fuerte. Yo, the Pracar Americano, a.k.a. Mexican Nazi. And we're here to help you navigate the world as two Hispanics, Latinos, Latinx, brown people. What are we again? Well, that's what we're here to discover on the In the Spanish podcast. Each week, you'll listen in on two millennial minorities chop it up on what it means to navigate both cultures on and off the internet. Along with the latest in music, movies, and more. Here, here on, on the, the In Living, Living Spanglish, Spanglish podcast. podcast. What up, what up, what up, mi gente? It is Vero Fuerte with another episode of In Living Spanglish. I am your host, also known as the Carlton, apparently, of the Mexican community. And ladies, he likes long walks on the beach, Sour Patch Kids bathing in nothing but a giant warm tub of hot Cheetos. This is my co-host, Ricardo Mexicano. Say what's up. I just turned off like half of the world population of women. But did I say anything that wasn't true? You said everything that was wise. Really? Because you don't adore hot Cheetos, Sour Patch Kids, and long walks on the beach, Mexicano? Love hot Cheetos, but I'm not going to bathe in them. Love Sour Patch Kids. I like I like the beach. I like swimming. I don't know if I like walking on the beach like that. You know, but as long as I got some 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 slides on and maybe some socks, then yeah. Or maybe or maybe like some Adidas, some Nike. All right, all right, and you I'm know. the monster. But <laughs> you know what? I, you know what, what? I was thinking. I was thinking about that episode of Hey Arnold when Harold stole that 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 ham from the from the butcher shop, and then he had to work there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Why did that remind you of that? No, that that didn't remind me of nothing. I was thinking of that right before you started talking, and I'm like, I just love the fact that he taught Harold how to tenderize the meat with a hammer. And since then, I've always thought tenderizing meat is like the funniest thing ever, because it's like that hammer with like the little studs on it, uh-huh. and then you use it to tenderize the meat. And just the way that I always the, thought that was a really aggressive way, like a really aggressive way to cook. I don't yeah, know. I just think it's hilarious because I'm like every time like I hear it in real life or I see somebody do it because I've seen people do it in real life. You think of the um, immediately episode, immediately. Episode. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like I'm just like tenderize, just like how the how the how the butcher said it in the episode, like tenderize the meat. I don't know. I don't know why my my brain went there, but that's a that's a classic episode. Um, so yeah. Yeah, like I said, ladies, uh, his DMs are open and uh, ready for you to hit him up. That's Ricardo Mexicano at Mexicanatsu, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, Friendster, Bebo. Zanga. But, okay, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on now to Latinx birthday. So this week, happy, happy birthday to Camila Cabello, Ava Mendez. And Vanessa Ponce. So happy birthday to all of you guys. This week that we're recording is uh, the starting week of March, also known as a Women's History Month. Fun fact, the first celebration was actually in 1909. And um, I did want to go ahead and actually tell you about my weekend with my grandparents. I had uh, told you about how I went to go visit them, right? Do tell. Yes. You told me that you went to go see your abuelo, your abuela. Uh, what's the name, by the way? Just give him a quick shout out. Yeah, yeah, it's Papa Ne and Mami Caro. So it's oh, like Ren, Rene, any? but just the any. Oh, any, okay, Papa yeah, Ne. Yeah, yeah. 
and Mama Caro, you know, shout out to y'all. Y'all are beautiful. Y'all are cherished. I'm pretty sure y'all make some some good horchata, some good carne asada. Uh, no, you know, no, my Mami Caro is like the queen of salsa. She can make the best salsa you've ever had in your life. It is so good. I I'm pretty you, sure. I'm, I'm sure good. you make. I'm sure you make a good salsa. Not better than my family, but I'm pretty Whatever. sure it's good. Okay, but yeah, shout out to them. You know how lately I've been busting my ass trying to learn, relearn Spanish? Because of course, and we've mentioned it in early, early podcast episode, but I basically, I grew up here in America only knowing Spanish uh, from the time that I was around six years old. And then when I got into the school system, they put me in ESL. So through ESL, it worked great, probably a little too great, uh, to the point where I learned English so well and that my parents started speaking more English at home and I just kind of sort of forgot the language of Spanish. And so... Yeah, I just became more fluent in English than in Spanish. I now at 28 years old, it is my main one of my biggest goals in life to like become fluent in Spanish again and really really relearn my language. And when I went to visit my grandparents' house over the weekend, it just hit me how important it was for me for the first time in I think ever for all of my life I had my first real actual conversation with them, which is weird. You know, uh, explain. Well, how we grew up basically is that we had to live with them for a long time uh, when we were kids. But I realized that even though I've known them all my life, I never really actually had a conversation about how their day was, how, you know, they were like growing up in their childhood in Mexico, like nada de eso. I didn't know any of that about their lives the most conversation i've ever had with my grandmother even though i'm around her I, be, I was around her all the time was you know hey dinner's ready hey i need to like uh, uh like lavar los trastes like wash the dishes it was always like just immediate things of whatever needs to get done like very present but i realized i really don't know anything about them and when i went there i actually had conversations with my um uh, with my papa net for the first time you know it was just it was just a crazy experience we talked about you know like religion and you know what uh some stories from when he was in mexico and stuff like that and it was just a really cool experience all around and it just it made me even more certain of how important it is that i that i learn this language because like something that I'm starting to notice is that like learning just a whole nother way of speaking opens up so many worlds, not just to yourself, but also like, it's almost like a portal to get to know other people that you thought you knew all along, you know, like I did with my grandparents. It's just crazy. And that's dope because not only the whole language thing, but like elderly people often are probably like some of the most overlooked people mm. in society as it is. Yeah. And a lot of times they just want to talk, you know? You don't have to do, like, these special big events, you know. Yeah, my mommy Caro's always badgering me on when I'm going to come visit. Exactly. A lot of times, it's literally, like, the interaction and, you know, talking to them. That's why, like, you know, um, I remember when I was in high school doing these ROTC things. When I was in NJROTC, we would, uh, every Christmas, we would uh, put on Santa hats and go over to the retirement home in, like, Tyler and sing Christmas carols to the uh, to the elderly. Yeah. And and uh, most of the time, they didn't really, they, they appreciate the song. You but- singing, Mexicano? 
wasn't just me. It was like I the need whole... to hear this. You were in a choir. It was not a choir. It was literally like us just doing community You're service. You're so mysterious. All of these things. I live with you, and I still know nothing about you. Yeah. So, you know, they appreciate the songs or whatever, but they hear them every year. But what they were always excited about was like the little, the little in between time when we get, when we get to just you know chat them up. Just, just talk Shoot to them. Shoot the shit. Yeah. You know and. Granddaddy Nick. Yeah, and, and, you know, Mama Sarah and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's always, like, those little things that people appreciate. And especially, like, with your family members, too. I think I think a lot of time when it comes to Hispanic families, especially the older ones, you really don't get a, a glimpse into what their life was like prior to them. Because they know a life. Prior that, to this land, prior yeah, to America. prior to this land, just prior to, like, everything that's transpired mm-hmm. within the past, like, 30 years. Cause they come from a different different generation so so to hear that take on life is something very endearing in my opinion that's why i always like asking my 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 mom about you know my grandma and like when i've gotten to meet my grandmother before you know i've asked her about you know my family members and you know what what it was like growing up during her time when she was like a lot younger so i always take advantage of that and i always like i was like hearing you just sit back and you listen mm-hmm. you know and uh, Again, I'm just so grateful that I'm now in this position where I'm really taking learning this language seriously because it's everything that you said, uh, Mexicano and more, because I listened to my papa ne, like just tell this simple ass story from when he was a kid. And I realized that they're not going to be around forever. And I know next and little about these people that have like helped my mom raise me my entire life, you know, and if something like learning a language you even though it's like herculean task can help open that portal for me and like get me closer to my grandparents i'm gonna take it while i still have that chance so yeah no like i'm hella hyped hella committed how do you say committed in spanish how do you say hyped in spanish or something similar hype i think hype would just be if the super i think it's just super Probably just say, it's like, I sound like it's Dora like the super, freaking explorer right now. Super I'm este alegre and, and, you know, whatever else. Yeah, super, que padre. Yes, okay, all <laughs> right, so moving on. Now, wait, hold on. Before we actually move from this topic, I do want to, like, interject a little bit more because when it comes back to, like, to the whole learning uh, Spanish thing for you, yeah. I do remember, like, talking to you earlier this week how you kind of mentioned how you almost resented that side of your of yourself for a bit before you started to, like, embrace it more. And remember I said something where it was like, when I met you for the first time, I could tell that you were kind of like whitewashed in some way. First of all, I was speechless. Okay. So second of all, what was the word? Because you also told me, Mexicano. So it's the way that I say fantastic that makes me sound whitewashed. Let me me break it down because I think it's it's very important. Yeah, break it down for me because I don't understand how the hell that makes any sense. It's very important to like know where we come from. So like coming from East Texas, there's already a uh, there's in my then this is just from like the environment I grew up in. There's already a certain way that Mexicans usually grow because up. Because I didn't have an accent. I don't think it was so much the accent. It was just like interested interests interests. Um, yeah, certain way your speech pattern, certain words that you use, and certain words that you don't use. Look, just because your last name is Mexicano does not give you the right to tell me whether or not I'm no, a no. Mexicana. No, 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 it's, no. But it's not so much about you trying to be Mexican. It's, it's, and or me being more Mexican. It's just like noticing certain things that you don't do. So it's like, but like, what's or, that got to do with the palabra or, fantastic? Or like things you do because like most people. Or, like, your inflections and the word that you're using, fantastic, it's, like, what kind of, like, throws it off, well, like, throws it on for me. 
or like theater stuff or like um interest in like christmas okay. carol the way you are okay like, all right there, well. there are just certain things that just i like and, and and i say this with like the utmost respect because like it's just how i've always noticed people in these texts like if you're if you're not doing this i can kind of tell that you're and it's, and it's usually proven true that you're trying to reject some part of that or maybe you did at one point I don't know if that's even necessarily true because I'll have you know that I went to, I was in theater with a Mexican boy that was very, very, very much entrenched in his heritage and his culture. You know, he had, I'm not going to tell his business or whatever, but let's just say that, you know, his family was very, very freshly Mexican. So I don't think that's necessarily true. If nothing else, living in Texas, again, for all the wonderful things I love about Texas, living in Texas is suffocating to a minority in the sense of it's not only do you a lot of times not have your native accent, like from Mexicans or from, you know, um, Indian or Asian people that happen to be around here. So you not only have a more Southern twang uh, of some sort to your voice, but you also, if you dare to have an interest that it's not like deemed cool enough or Mexican-y enough, whatever that means, uh, like me and theater growing up, then you're automatically labeled as whitewashed. Now, I know that you didn't mean it in malice, no. but it's just like the perception of it in general. That's exactly what this podcast yeah. goes to fight against. And, and, that's, and that's, like I said... I have to like state I have to like state it very a lot because there are mm. because like because so few people dare to go outside the norm and I'm and I, and I and I feel like I can speak on this because I was viewed maybe not so much whitewashed but certain interests that I had that would be viewed as like you know different you know like mm-hmm. why do you like that stuff right so and I, and then for me I have my own perception of like oh that's kind of different mm-hmm. you know and I and then I could kind of like correlate the two and be like and then like when you like start like knowing the person a lot more you're like "Mm, actually you know you don't speak spanish you don't do that Mm, you're kind of rejecting what you are right that's my that's what the main problem like it's not so much much that you're interested in things it's when i start picking up that you're like rejecting something that you are that's the problem i i I take on yeah and like since you're calling me out mexicano i'm gonna go ahead yeah 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 no but we were talking about it And growing up, I did kind of reject my culture. And I remember like my, you know, fights about quinceañeras. And like, I remember like when my mom would turn on the music Saturday morning and have us all clean and stuff. Or even when we went to comidas and the music would play, I'd be like, oh, these bandas again, they all sound like I would criticize them the same way that a lot of people criticize country music, you know. Or hip hop. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they all sound the same. They're all talking about being sad and alone and on and like, you know, on your porch, you know, drinking beers, getting drunk, you know, thinking about the old times. Like, it's just it's like, oh, it's so boring and repetitive. But really, it's just like the genre that my family happens to like. But like a lot of people's family. Yeah, 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 exactly. But what I'm saying is that like, not only have I since learned that there is a large variety of types of music within Mexican like Mexican music does not all sound like one thing Mm -hmm. at all Uh, but also I've learned to appreciate a lot of the music that was constantly played at my house growing up back when I thought that it was annoying and I thought that way again because there was a part of me that was always rejecting my own culture because it was I guess partially because it was constantly in my face 
um, through my grandparents and through my mom. And I always felt that because I simultaneously was Mexican and I liked theater and, you know, I liked writing and I liked reading and I liked all these things that, you know, for whatever reason, people don't deem as Latin or Mexican, then I that I had to pick one or the other. And... I was going to pick my friends. I was going to pick my interests because, you know, that's what a teenager does. And it's not until, you know, nowadays, like I give no shits. Like I'll talk about musical numbers and then talk about, you know, like uh, the comida that I'm going to at my grandmother's house the next weekend, like all in one. And it's more than just talking about it, but it's also just walking confidently in your day to day, knowing that that you can like anything and do anything and speak any certain way and still be 100% Mexican and also, you know, embrace that side of you as well. Like, nothing makes you less one thing or less the other. And I'm just so lucky now that I'm, now that I'm, I'm growing up, now that I've finally realized how complete knowing that side of myself makes me and it doesn't, it doesn't take away any parts of me it only adds more to me and makes me more whole yeah and that's wonderful but like yeah now that we're moving on from all of that uh quit trying to speak speed past stuff yeah 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 what did we have with your multiple yeah 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 oh my gosh we were gonna talk about okay so this is a conversation that speaking of languages if you were to ever date outside of your race what language, and you were to, like, be married and have a kid, obviously, what language would they speak first? Your kid. Farsi. Farsi? Yeah, because I'm going to marry a Persian woman, and she speaks Farsi, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, I- Iranian woman, Persian. Oh, okay. So, you know, they speak Farsi. Are you guys not going to live in America? You're no, we're going to live in America, in but, but she... Then she, you'd no. have to know either English, Farsi, or Spanish. Well, she's going to know Farsi, and she's the one that's going to teach the kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so All she's right. going to teach the kid Farsi. And then once the kid's like around five or six, I'll teach them Spanish mm-hmm. and then English simultaneously. And uh-huh. then we'll be one happy Mexican-Iranian family. Yeah, Mexican-Iranian-American family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. But if I had to choose between Spanish and English, I would say Spanish. But I've always been very funny with Spanish because I don't think I, I don't know if I had this conversation with you. No, but you I'm, didn't. I'm very finicky with Spanish because much as I enjoy seeing you like trying to learn it, and how enthusiastic you are about it, I am still very indifferent about Spanish just because it is a, it is a, a colonizer language. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I have like... Here you go with your history buff protests. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's like your mother language, bro. But it's, yeah, what I'm saying, but at the same time, I really have no choice. Yeah. But it's like, but like, I don't, I don't like calling it my mother language. I just call it a language. I don't call it my language. I don't like using the word my. I just call it a language. It's a mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't like taking possession of it. Because it's not really mine at the end of the day. I mean, nothing's really yours. You yeah, be. but I mean, I, I feel like I have to say You're getting like super existential right now. And I can't a, I, with you. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think this is really existential. I feel like a lot of people kind of go through this. That, but if I, I was... I mean, English go- is technically a colonizer. Yeah, language. I have the same problem too with English. Oh yeah. my gosh! So, well, what other options do but you like have? But like I said, I have, like I'm saying, I have no options. I can I can accept the fact that I have no options. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like the just world we live in, kind of thing. I'm not gonna get uptight about it, but I do have my opinion about it. That's a very interesting opinion, Mexicano. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. So, if I had to choose, though, I'll probably do Spanish first, mm. just because I want the child to soak up as much as they can while they're 
while they're young, while they're a baby. Um, and then oh one, and gosh. then and then once they're in uh, then once they're in school, you know, then obviously they'll probably learn English, of course, because that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I, I was surrounded with nothing but Spanish as a kid. And Thank then, you. Oh my god, no, I kid you not. It makes me so happy to hear you say that because I don't know if I ended up telling you about like the story. Actually, not just an ex boyfriend of mine, but a friend of mine. That you know how you get into those like crazy ass like hypothetical situations sort of discussions, and uh, for whatever reason, me having kids with either of them like came up like the ex boyfriend and I had another conversation with my friend that also happens to be black. Both of them ended up telling me that if we were to have kids here in america then they would want them to learn english first and that drove me absolutely crazy like it started off as just a gentle discussion and next thing i know i'm like basically yelling because to me it doesn't like you said it doesn't make sense why would you they're going to learn english regardless like you cannot get by in this country without the language of english but you only have one moment in time when your baby has like a teeny tiny brain sponge and can soak up because they say that the younger you learn a language the more it imprints like the easier it is for you like i'm not having my babies miss like those few like those first few developmental yeah sure that word years where they can you know observe absorb it more than i've ever have you know and it's just ridiculous like i don't understand like white people black people what they like what they're thinking in that sense just because they i guess they don't know that's true but i can also play double advocate i can understand the other side what you mean it's just a lot easier to navigate the United States as a whole with but English. But you will only be navigating it as a Spanish-speaking human being for the first five years. And, like, your parents can advocate for you in just about any way up until those years. And then, like, by year six, you're already kind of sort of speaking in English. Right. I, could, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, whole. I'm just saying I can see the other side is why people would pick that option You know what well. Booker had said? Uh, he, Booker had said... It's because we live in America. And he said, if we got married and had a baby and moved to, like, Mexico, then I would understand them having to speak Spanish. I'm like, but they're five. Like, they're not going to need... Anyway. But then at that point in in Mexico, they would only need Spanish. Exactly. And and I think that's a different... You can't really say that because here it's different because you can never... You can operate using both languages. Mm -hmm. But in Mexico, it's pretty much strictly Spanish. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. You never need any other language besides Spanish. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah, there's that. And on top of all of that, with the added craziness, we also have Greg Abbott, leader of the great Wants to Be Nation of Texas, where we live. And you know me, I love me some Texas, but like this latest is just unbelievable on so many levels. I really want to leave. <laughs> I think the expression that you're looking for is... I hate it here. I don't hate it here. At work a couple of days ago, somebody was just like, so I don't mean to be controversial. This is one of my coworkers. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you know when sentences start no, but, like but, that, but, it's but, always going to be the... But he was joking. Like yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was setting up for a joke. And I, cause I laughed. Was he too. white? No, no, no. He's, he's black. Well, oh, okay. I think he may be mixed mm-hmm. because he's very light-skinned, but, but he's black though. And uh, and I know him. He's a really goof, goofy guy. Yeah. Um. He like we get along because we enjoy a lot of like the same jokes and stuff like that. You know. Shout out. Shout out Davis. Shout out MC One. Um. Is he single? No. Oh, he's, mar- he's actually married to a Mexican lady. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All the good ones already snatched up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's married to. I think. She, well, I don't want to get into his personal business. 
so he said like in a very jokingly manner. I don't mean to be controversial, but he was just like, asking like the room, what do you what do y'all think about you know the no mass uh mandatory you know out of the window now, and my answer was, look, I understand people's uh frustration, their tiredness of having to wear something like that constantly. I get it. I I, I truly do. I just don't trust people to be smart about it at the end of the day. I, I think it's like just, it's zero to a hundred for me. You know, it's, I think it's just too much freedom too fast. And it's weird to say that it is so weird to say there's too much yeah, freedom yeah, too fast. You're, you're very Ron Swanson-y. Yeah. Things, because so it's weird. I think, it, I think like, I think if people were like really took it seriously where there was like social distancing and they knew like when to wear it, like, all right, I can take my mask off here. I'm good but put it on when you know you should be wearing it, that's fine. And and if, and there was no mandatory, I can understand that. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, I mean, but <sighs> but when knowing the people that I see on a constant daily basis and how they interact and how they choose to like live their life when this thing is still in the air, it just scares me. And I'm just like, I don't trust y'all, man. I really don't. I want to have more faith in y'all that y'all will make the right decisions and like use and, and, pra- and practice precaution. But y'all, y'all are doomed, bro. Yeah, you know what the crazy thing is, is that, again, like, anyone that knows Texas knows that they take a lot of pride in being looser government than anything else, you know, giving more power to the people in those senses. But the thing about it is, is that, like you said, is that if you leave it up to the individual person, unless there's, like, a specific rule, they're not going to do shit. So, I don't know where because republicans are the ones that tend to have this opinion uh as far as you know looser government let the people decide which is all well and good on paper but a lot of times if some shit ain't fun or some shit is too tedious like it has to be enforced in order for you know the greater good and that sentence sounds weird to me but you know what i mean i especially don't understand why greg abbott is over here like trying to turn the blame around on Biden saying he's basically taking Mexicans and putting them on buses and letting them enter the US while they have the illness while they have coronavirus he's the Neanderthal not me but I mean if that was the case and if you're really concerned about that then why are you letting people go back to 100% capacity so that's just a what about him Mm-hmm. It's just he's trying to like he he's over here like yeah I'm doing this but what about X Y Z I hate that that's like such a political shit like be more straightforward but anywho that, that's all that is like mm. I really there, there, I feel like the hundred percent masking could be done I'm not saying I'm not opposed to it I think it can what do you be done. feel about the hundred percent capacity now restaurants can be completely yeah that local. one's crazy too yeah that I don't understand insane. that one like I can understand if like social because I know that they're, they're, I'm pretty sure most places are still social distancing and a lot of restaurants have you know put out statement that they're still gonna you know enforce the mask and shout and, out black coffee from and, Fort Worth Texas and all that you know mm-hmm. them and a lot of other local businesses that major change yeah but, you know, local they're, they're, businesses have been doing the thing around here in Fort Worth love them it. shout out to them you know I hate the drive through lines because they take forever yeah but they're doing it but they're doing it yeah because you can't go inside mm-hmm. I just need to see what the uh, the next few months are gonna hold you know if these if these uh rates start going up then we know why. Yeah, exacto mundo. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move in, you know, with uh, keeping it really serious, folks, here is uh, what the hell Twitter. Go ahead and lay it on us. Oh, yeah. You already know what it is. It's your boy. What the H Twitter. What the H-E double hockey stick Twitter. (laughs) I really be out here. Um, 
So, oh, did we already go through? Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess this is, that, that is the topic. <laughs> so, my What the Hell Twitter for this week has to do with some recent things I saw on Twitter where, you know, people are once again mad. I mean, I feel like this topic is only about people being mad. People decided to call out Mr. The French Extraordinaire himself. The French Casanova. Yes, Pepe Croissant Le Pew. That's not his middle name. This is, this is just them trying to rehash that old Dave Chappelle joke. And killing them softly. He mm-hmm. said this joke years ago. Mm-hmm. Where he said he was watching TV with his with his nephew. And then he saw Pepe Le Pew come on and was like, this man is a rapist. You know, this man's like a creep. Mm-hmm. And that's all people on Twitter are mad about. Now. They're mad because they think Pepe Le Pew is a creep. And a rapist. They're specifically he's saying that a he's rapist. Very, oh, that he's, that he's rapey. Okay. He's gotcha. rapey. He's a rapist. <sighs> Once again, I can understand. I can understand, like, the level of, like why you think that and the joke behind it but when i see unironic tweets when people are like over here like writing near like almost like a, th- a full thread on why people abuse was... a full thesis yeah i'm like bro like you can have your opinion it's a cartoon man and i know cartoons can be you know it, it's, it's a great area with cartoons because you know it's animated it's, it's not reality but they can still propagate a lot of harmful things i get that Pepe Le Pew was just trying to I'm trying to get his Mac on. He was trying huh? to kiss that kitty. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> pa- okay. Wait, all right. Well, we're no, gonna not, call not, an audible not, on not, the on not, the podcast. Not, not, not pause. That's not a, not a pause because she's a girl. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah either yeah. way, Pepe the Pew. It was funny. I don't. I don't know. What do you think about it? I don't think there's anything too wrong. Is, is he creepy? Yes. I don't yeah. think he's creepy. I don't think he's rapey though. I think that, I mean, he, like, full-on macked on her while she was very obviously, like, saying, like, no, bro, like, I'm not interested in you. She did eventually fall in love with him in that one episode. Yeah, in that one episode, but other than that, she was not giving consent. Yes, but he always got his his comeuppance. He always usually got got hurt. It was was very, it was was very So, what is it teaching young boys is that if you keep on persisting, and if you drunk her in some sort of way. If you are looking to Pepe Le Pew... For, for romance <laughs> for tips, advice. something something is wrong with you, okay? Oh, that would be hilarious, but we should do that. Okay, no, that, so. That, so, yeah, it's, it's a very short what-the-hell Twitter, but I just think people need to chill. It's not that serious, and that's about it. Do you have anything else to say about it? What-the-hell Twitter. So, that leads us into our next topic, which is closely tied to cartoons, which is unpopular opinion. This is the segment where we say unpopular opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So right. so let me let me get off let me get mine off. I'm sticking with cartoons because people It's with, a theme up in her. Yeah, so my popular so with Pebula Pew, you know, causing a a, a roar a roar on Twitter, our old friend Speedy Fernando Gonzalez is also storing up a storm and you probably already know why. For years, I think probably since like the day he debuted, Speedy has been called a um a Mexican stereotype, you know, he propagates certain negative stereotypes about Mexican. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm here to tell you that I've never thought that Speedy Gonzalez was a negative stereotype. I've never thought that he... Him. I'm just talking about Speedy. There's other characters in that in that show that we could probably talk about. But him? No. I'm not having that. If anything, I always saw Speedy as a very prideful symbol of, of, of Mexican people. And I've talked to other Mexican people who love Speedy because of that. This man was literally crossing the border... To steal cheese away from the cat, from Sylvester. 
and going back to the border, border, going back to Mexico to feed his people. This man is a hero. He is a pillar of the Mexican community because uh, what more do us as a people want to be represented by uh, someone that travels really fast, always gets the job done, and you he know, got the cheddar exactly all of the time. And it's all about that. Uh, what's it called? That what's guap. that J. Cole song? Smack that cheese. Some some something. Smack. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyway. That's not J. Cole. Oh, what am I saying? Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. This is how you know I'm like wine drunk. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, I agree with you. Honestly, you know what the thing is, is that with me, Speedy Gonzalez, I wasn't old enough to care whether or not he was a stereotype. When I was little, I didn't think about those kinds of things. And and I can and I can see, if you put it in context to when he came out, because I think his character debuted in the 60s or maybe the late 50s. I have to, can you fact check me on that? I can see maybe then when he was created, certain people being mad because at that time you know i mean forever mexicans were you know have always been looked down upon and discriminated against 1953 but he, but, so yeah but especially 53. then especially then you know before the civil rights movement even started mm-hmm. the, the, i'm pretty sure there were a lot of people who were, who were pretty who, who were looked down upon um for being mexican and and looked at in a certain light so yes i can see why some people would be mad then i think mexicans over time took ownership of speedy and really made him a symbol of the culture mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, no, we're going to take him back. You, you try to make him like this funny stereotype. No, we say that he's a hero. And I mean, Mexicans have, have and it's crazy because when you really think about it, Mexicans have always done that. You know, mm-hmm. we do that to the bad guys. We do it to Chapo. We do it to Pancho Villa, you know, yeah. you know, revo- take ownership of, it of the revolutionaries of the, of the bandits, you know, the so-called people that they want you to hate. We take them and, and we, we we endorse them. Same thing with Speedy Gonzalez, exactly. Mm-hmm. People, calm down. This reminds me of like the recent controversy that happened with that movie, The Tax Collector. Where, uh, Never where heard of it. Remember I told you about Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf played like a gangster? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, but this, we already this, talked about that on another podcast. I know, I know. But just to kind of like like re- refresh people's memory. People were saying like Shia LaBeouf is playing a Mexican and, you know, he's trying to like put on, he's trying to act Mexican. He's not. He put on, he's putting on a caricature, you know. He's putting on brown face. When, in fact, in the movie, if you watch, you watch the movie, he never says he's Mexican. He never tries to... He, does he have a little accent? Yes. But that's because he probably grew... In the movie, he probably grew around certain people, mainly Me- i.e. Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's going to have a little accent. And the people who were mostly mad about this probably never saw the movie, and they were white. And they were pretty much trying to say, like, hey, Mexican people, you should, feel, you should be mad about this. Yeah, don't tell me how to feel, fool. While Mexican people, overall... They're like, okay, we're like, we don't care. We like this movie or you don't like this movie. Yeah. It's not, I've never not, heard of it like me. It has nothing to do with Shia yeah. LaBeouf supposedly being Mexican. Like, if you even watch, like, the first three mo- minutes of that movie, you can tell that that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we're moving on to yours. Yes, my unpopular opinion this week. And this is something I've had for a very long time. I don't think that there's anyone out there that I know of besides maybe you that agrees with me i think that it's obnoxious to be so humble or to talk about being humble all the time or say that like you know how like whenever you have those memes or whatever like people have prayers hands and say you know uh be humble and graceful and all of those things humility is overrated I, th- I think that especially when it comes to the Latin community or either minorities in general is that we should actually be less humble. And I say that because coming from someone that I know that you guys don't believe it on this podcast, but that sometimes can be very soft-spoken and can sometimes 
be afraid to really speak her mind uh, on top of the fact that I'm a woman and on top of the fact that, you know, uh, I'm a minority. When I think about people that need to speak up more and let themselves be complimented more and whenever someone it's like okay so when it's like whenever you have the equivalent of someone says hey you look really pretty today and what is a woman's first instinct first reaction is like oh no what, what do you mean i just rolled out of bed or oh no i'm just been i've been really tired lately. like we have to push away the compliment so i'm telling you my unpopular opinion is that for you mujeres for you minorities for you anybody that ever really feels like you're tired of not taking what's yours you know stop being so humble and just say yeah i did that shit or yeah that's mine or like yeah i am this great um, so yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. Stop being so humble. Start taking what's yours. I agree with you on pretty much every single point, except when you said uh, being humble is overrated. Because I don't think being humble is overrated. I think, I, think, I think it's very important to still practice level of humility. Mm. So I think it's like, it's perfectly rated. You know, it's ready T for teams, you know. It's, it's ready to eat for everybody, you know. That's well, what I mean. Well, I mean, but I think that what you're saying is that, like, the different levels of humility. And saying. there are different that's levels. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say, that's why I can't agree with you and say it's overrated. Yeah. Do, now, do I think people do it a lot? Yes. And I think do people... I feel like it's overrated within the certain sectors of the community. You know, like, it's overrated for women, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's overrated for... I would say that it's overrated for minorities to a certain extent, you know, and... Yeah, those are the two major ones. But yeah, I do think that in those sectors of the community, it is overrated. Okay, totally to your point. I think people just need to, like I said, take ownership. Like, really be about it. Like, talk talk, mm -hmm. talk it up of who you are. Someone says your hair looks fly today. Say thank you. It does. Yeah. There you go. Or if somebody, or if somebody notices that, hey, man, you look you like know you got gray skin. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I work I hard for it. Yeah. You know, exactly. I moisturize every night. I wash my face. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, man, you, you're you're losing some weight. Yep. I am. Yeah, I'm you know why? Cause gym, I'm, yeah, because I'm, I'm a beast. Yeah. Um, you really have a lot to say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm going to keep saying it. Exactamundo, exactamundo. So that, so, those are really aggressive and cartoony, unpopular opinions. Yeah. Do you think I come off as like pretty, pretty, I don't think I come off as like obnoxious, but I know I no, do have. No, I come off as obnoxious. But no, no, you don't. <laughs> but I know I have like a certain, like, um, swagger about myself where i kind of like just you're very straightforward that's yeah, all it is i talk myself up yeah 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 you're very straightforward that's all it is you know i wouldn't say that it's obnoxious or anything like that at all now can i be obnoxious yes this lady knows yes yeah. this lady does know again uh ladies please go ahead like shoot them a dm if you can get them out of the house for even just a little bit so i can have some time to myself like, and again, gentlemen, ignore that because you're a married man. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to step into the last segment of the show. Can I spell it out? Yes. G-L-O. You know what that means? <sighs> good looking out. Getting lots of otters. Yeah, or good looking out. Yeah, this, that too. Yes, this is the segment where we tell you, we just recap, you know, what we've been watching, what we've been into this week. This week, since the Golden Globes recently announced the winners, I really wanted to check out Best Picture Nomadland. This, you know, basically got all sorts of acclaim. The name that you're going to recognize uh, first and foremost is going to be uh, Frances McDermott. So she was not only the lead of the movie, but she was also the producer. And so she's been another 
movies such as Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Fargo, and Moonrise Kingdom. Basically, Nomadland tells a story of a woman that a couple of years after the 2008 recession, she lost most of her belongings and basically chose to start living in a van and travel the country and not be technically, as she says, homeless, just houseless and that there's a difference. And so it's a movie that even though it's a work of fiction, it is very much a documentary style made film what's really interesting about this movie is the fact that a lot of the nomads that they used in the filming of it were actual nomads that you know choose to live off the grid you know like travel across the country taking seasonal jobs and different things like that and just living on their own terms and uh, a lot of these people that were the actual nomads that uh, participated in the movie they used their real names as well so this movie was super super interesting on so many levels i don't know why they call it a drama i guess that's the closest thing you can put it in but it's it's weird ricardo because it's very like it's very quiet and it's very pensive and it's very serious but it does have some funny moments and so basically this movie you know what it reminds me of you know those memes that you see on facebook where people are like would you give away your phone for the rest of your life so you could live here and it's like that cabin in the woods with the picturesque waterfall in the background and all of your friends underneath the meme they're like commenting yes yes i would well francis mcdermott is gonna call you out on your bluff because she actually does it in this movie and i would be lying if I said that I loved it. It's just not really my type of film. I can see why it won Best Picture though, because like things like La La Land and Parasite and Moonlight, this is a piece of American history sort of films. Uh, usually went out Parasite. Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. I just like it was very artsy, and I could see where some people might think that it's boring. Probably the most interesting thing that really happens is that, like, Frances McDormand, like, you watch her poop in a bucket, and I don't like that word. It's a good movie, if that makes any sense. Like, it's a good movie. You can see why it would make you think a lot about the future and what your life is going to end up like because they, you know, they kind of bash on the housing market. and uh, They should. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Social Security and how, like, when you get to a certain age, you don't have enough to live on by. So a lot of, they have to choose to either continue working or live off the grid like a bunch of these elder people did and just start living, you know, out of your vehicle. And that's just a wild thing to imagine. But I would probably give it a good 7 out of 10 Veronica stars if you're curious enough and you're ready to be sad and, like, cry on the inside then i would say definitely check it out because it's good it's just not my type of film for sure man i'm, I'm gonna check it out like, yeah, yeah no I it mean, sounds like your thing it sounds like your thing Ricardo. this has you written all over it yeah i i'm i think i'm gonna like it like i like Frances mcdermott she's a really, really great she's actor fantastic. she's phenomenal in almost anything she does oh yeah no the acting was she was obscene she was obscene she was so good like i said great movie and i like i like i like that you brought up that it was you know based around the um uh, the housing crisis of 2008, 2009, because we know the effects of that now, and when people talk about it, and we know how serious it was, but I think we're still in that in that recency where it's like, 
we still haven't grasped like how devastating it was. Not only that, but like there's so many pockets of society and so many stories that probably happened around this that have never been talked that about. That have never been told. And honestly, like when I this was a very hyper specific example of that. So by that nature, it's fascinating. Yeah, exactly. There, there's so much surrounding that event, and 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 it's. I think as time goes on, we're gonna look at it as a. Or like 1930s Great Depression level because people I mean, are gonna people real- are gonna think talk about 2020 and coronavirus a lot like that too. But yeah, of course. It's just there's so much that because, like I said, it's very recent. We tend to think that, and because we lived through it, we're like, oh, I guess it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Which is really crazy when you think about it. That when you live so- through something, it's always weird. Like when you don't <laughs> live through something and you hear about it, you're like, oh man, that's terrible. I don't know how I could have done it. Mm-hmm. But when you live through something as bad as like post 11 or world war ii or whatever or like the iraq warp coronavirus like people reading from it people reading it in the future are going to be like oh man that's terrible i don't think i could have done that but then for us it's like oh yeah it happened and sometimes i don't think we let it sink in of how devastating some things can be well i think also that just serves to show that human beings are infinitely adaptable you know we can complain about a lot of shit but like human beings are resilient uh, and that's just something that I firmly believe. But yeah, Nomadland, definitely check it out. Oh, I forgot to mention that this is a Hulu watch. Uh, amazing cinematography. Frances McDermott kills it. Uh, 7 out of 10, Veronica stars. What is your good looking out, Ricardo? So mine is two. The first one, I just want to get out the way right quick. WandaVision season finale. It was good. A little underwhelming, in my opinion. You know, Marvel fans don't hate me. I think episode eight was a lot better. This one was really good, though. Had a lot of great moments. Great fighting. Wanda was insane. Scarlet Witch. You already knew what was about to happen. I just can't wait to see what happens in season two. Then that's all I'm going to say. Season in general, I give it 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So, great. Uh, not the best finale, in my opinion. A little underwhelming. But either way, if you haven't seen it at this point, you know you, you really need to catch up. Now, the main movie I want to talk about is uh, The Long-Awaited Coming to America. Yes. The sequel to Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, you know, the 80s with uh, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. All the greats. All the greats. Uh, James Earl Jones was in there. You know, mm-hmm. of course, he's the king of the Moomba. It, it picks up many, many years later to where Prince, uh, well, now King Akeem, is, you know, back in the Moomba. He has uh, three daughters, but he needs a an heir to the throne, which uh, they can't pass down to his daughter because the nation, the country of the Moomba does not let women become the heir to the throne yeah 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 yeah, so comes to pass that he actually does have a son and i'm not gonna spoil too many things but you can probably figure out how he has a son if you know the if you they do callbacks to the original movie and it's really weird because in some instances you can tell that they are clearly using like that did you ever watch the recent the newer star wars no i never watched the star wars so in the newer star wars just to like put this in context they brought back certain actors that have been dead and they got like somebody that looks like them and then put like this 3d mask over them to like make them oh, look yeah. like yeah i heard about so that. they get like an actor that looks very similar to them then put the effects over their face and then it really really looks like this them on screen right mm-hmm. they did that kind of like here they like they do flashbacks in the past but they'll put in like a new scene into like a flashback to make it seem like it's part of the original movie and you can like tell eddie murphy's face is like 3d so like if you really look if you squint your eyes you're like because they're like that part when they're in the club macking on some chicks. And you see like Eddie's face and like the scene that you know they did for this movie, not the old one. 
And you're like, wait a minute, something's kind of off. That they were cheap, on, they went cheap on it. I mean, I wouldn't say they went cheap, but you just clearly tell that that's what they were doing. Uh, either way, I think it was a very fun movie. Uh, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good jokes. Tracy Morgan's here. Uh, Leslie Jones is in here. Uh, of course, Arsenio. I think I already said that. Uh, I don't know the actor who played um, Prince Akeem's son, uh, Eddie Murphy's son. Uh, his, his name, his name in the movie is Lavelle, but I don't recognize the actor. But it was it was good to see you know Zamumba and like it expanded and like you know just, just, the majority of the movie is 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 in uh, Zamumba. To be honest, they really go to America only a handful of times, mm-hmm. and then the rest is actually back in Zamumba. So I thought that was really interesting that they kept the movie mainly there. Uh, Wesley Snipes plays the uh, the bad guy, the antagonist, if you really want to call it. <laughs> but it was kind of loose. But I think it's one of those movies where, like, the person who's really at the root of, like, the problem is, like... Oh, it's a red herring. No, no, no. It's not that. It's, like, it's one of those movies where it's, like, the main... The main the, problem the, is the you main problem. It, it, it was myself all along. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Eddie Murphy kind of comes to this revelation where it's yeah. like, oh crap, it's been me that's been not seeing the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. what I should be doing to run this kingdom, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movies. A lot of callbacks to the original movie. Like uh-huh. a lot of callbacks, and I think that's kind of. I don't know if I could call that a. That's cru- par for the course with uh, throwback movies like that. Especially when it's a classic like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I feel like it's almost like a crutch. Mm-hmm. Like they were doing a lot of callbacks, and of course Eddie replies reprised a lot of his his roles. Because if, if people who don't know in the original movie, Eddie plays like what like seven different roles, with like heavy makeup on, and you know it's Eddie Murphy. You know, you know if anybody knows how to do that well, it's him, mm-hmm. and he can still do it. As clearly shown by this movie. So if you're a fan of the original, you'll like this. If you haven't seen the original, I think you'll still like it because they do. They even if you haven't seen the original, they do provide enough info where you can like catch up and figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. That's probably it, the reason behind the callbacks, but yeah. Yeah, and it won't leave you lost yeah. at all. So check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, Prime exclusive. I gave it 7.5 out of 10. Solid, solid. And that is it for this week. Mi gente, thank you so much for joining Ricardo and I again on another episode of In Living Spanglish. Hold on. And let me try to say this in Spanish since I need all the practice I can get. Y recuerda a, a suscru, sorry, hold on, suscru, suscribir el podcast y compartirlo en todos los redes sociales. That was me trying to say. Uh, and remember to subscribe to the podcast and share on all of your social media. I'll keep working on that, folks. We have been In Living Spanglish and we out. Let's order some pizza. We are.